Welcome to Educators with Oil. I'm your hostess, Ronette Branham, here to offer biblical strategies for effective teaching. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for sitting in to listen and get uh, strategies for what we should do in our in our classrooms. Um, I just appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you coming and even offering advice and offering strategies and offering content. So I just want to thank you for that. I know I've been bouncing around. There's things that are on my mind and then something else will come up and it was like, it will be pressing. So let's talk about that. Right now, what's pressing is going back to that administration. Not so much, so much, let's get from them what we need or let's discuss, have a discussion with our administration. Not that. But right now we have to know that no matter what our administration does or gives directives they give us, we still must do our job. We have a job to do, and that is to educate our students. No matter what student we have, no matter uh, what level they come in at, we still have to work, and we still have a job to do. Like This is uh, what we signed up for, is that to educate students. So no matter what it is, we have students coming in two and three grades below grade level. Um, the grade level standards, they're not meeting them. There's no way they can. And we have students coming in. Some don't even speak your language. We have students coming in speaking French, uh, Creole. I, we have people, students coming in speaking uh, Spanish speaking and we don't speak Spanish or we know very little Spanish. We know, I know enough to get some sentences together, but to have a full on conversation or to teach in Spanish, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I have students who come in, can't speak the language. I remember uh, we had a supervisor who came in and she was telling us, I I discussed with the, the district that this was going to happen, that you're going to get an influx of Spanish-speaking students and you have to be ready. And so she came in and she did a little PD with us and she told us that no matter what happens, we have to teach. We have to educate those students no matter what. And we couldn't even speak their language. I could speak, like I said, I could speak some Spanish, but not fluently and not enough to know, you know, to, I'm remembering what I learned in college when I was fluent and then I never used it. And then what, here I am trying to put together some words. And so I use Google Translate also. So what happens, we had those students coming in, their parents would try, their parents would come in conferences with Google Translate, they did it. Students, they would try maybe want to speak a little bit more or they couldn't read and you're like, okay, I'm gonna give you a Spanish book, but they couldn't read Spanish or English. So what? Then I had students coming in, reading kindergarten level, preschool level, and I'm second grade. The books are second grade. So I have to uh, reach in and in our, in our, uh, reach in in our uh, curriculum and go down lower grades to get them books to read on their level so that they can have some successes and I can see the I can see the growth now it's it, these students are so excited I had a girl today she was reading the last time I tested her she was reading at a level uh h and then so I tested her on an i and it was too easy I tested her on a j and I told her now you're reading these words I might have to go up higher but you have to be able to explain this story to me you have to be able to tell me what the story is about you have to be able to tell me the setting and the characters and and the problems and the solutions. 
So if you can do that, then we can move on. So then I got ready to test her. She can read it all. She probably could read a level M, all second grade books. But to understand it, she was distracted. So I had to get her and let her know she has to isolate and focus. And she was able to do it. And so it was just, we have all different levels. Now I have students who were reading. They started, to, a, a little boy, I tested him today. He went up for three or four levels just because of the work we've been doing. So I'm just happy that I'm continuing in that way where I know I have to educate my students no matter who does what outside of my classroom, who tells me what I need to be working on outside of my classroom, you know, who gives me or doesn't give me resources, you know, uh, material, who, who, whatever happens, I still have to teach and educate my students. So this is something that we have to understand. I don't know if we need to regroup and get with teachers and, re and retrain teachers. I don't know. Is it is it something in our mentality that we're frustrated? The districts keep changing curriculums. They keep changing programs. And then they're saying it's not working. It's not working. Why is the, are things not, uh, uh, programs not working? Why are the students not uh, moving ahead? Why are they entering grades below? uh grade level standards we have to figure that out somewhere there's a there's an issue maybe not in your district i'm not talking about your district maybe not but we have to figure this thing out and um and and i i even welcome anyone who wants to get with me and and get build some kind of task force some kind of committee so let's dig in and and figure out what's going on why are students falling behind and don't give me that pandemic stuff because that did there are students those students who were my second grade students who um my second grade students who didn't get kindergarten they got cut off in kindergarten uh in 2020 they're fifth graders now and i do know they're struggling i know they start they miss so much foundation but not all some students they had it they had that um innate ability or that that um that innate desire, I don't know what it is, but some were able to grasp grasp what they had to grasp and some were already behind and trying to catch up and then they got cut off in 2020. So I get that. Now I have students who didn't even suffer the pandemic as far as school. Um, maybe they could be the ones who were virtual, I'm not sure. I have to go back and, and, and you know, check it out with my second graders. So maybe they were virtual um, kindergarten and then they came in. So so that could be an issue because virtual wasn't an easy thing. Virtual, you had to focus, you had to pay attention, you had TV, you had family. So I get, I get it. But don't give me that as, okay, we have a little group of students but before the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, I got students who were below grade level, period. They came in below, they left trying to make it. They didn't They didn't reach some, the ones who were at second grade level, they were at second grade level, but I had a vast majority who were not. So there's something that we have to understand as educators that we, no matter what, I keep saying that, no matter what, we have to educate our students. So we have to go back to the drawing board, come and see how our students learn, see what it is that they need to learn, see what it is that they miss, that we can grab a hold of. And the thing is, this is my dilemma. I'm working extremely hard with my class this year. 
I am pushing them and then I give them a break. Let them take 10 minutes to uh, have a brain break. Then in the afternoon and after uh, their special, we work hard. Then we have a brain break in the afternoon so that they could, you know, grab what they need to grab, relax. This is how I found in other countries. I forgot Switzerland, some country they, that they studied. And they did give the students brain break. They had recess twice a day. So I get it. And my students, this is working for my class. Maybe because I I trained them that way. Whether or not it's working for them. They're like, what time is our brain break? <laughs> so they're getting it. So I just want to say for us educators, we have to get in there and dig and work. And no matter what, I have two scriptures up. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, My, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we are called to do our job. I can't see a teacher. I know there are teachers because I've been around some in, in over the years um, who are teachers because their mom was a teacher, their dad was a teacher. You know, this is something that they knew and they understood. I know people who become teachers because their parents are teachers and they recognize the days off that their parents had. Like, that's something. They get the summer off and they get the every holiday. So people are teaching because they saw their mom doing that. And they were off, their mom was off. And they wanted to have that dynamic in their home. So I'm not talking about that. Now, if you are called, and it just is a generational thing, your mom was a teacher, you're called to teach, and your mom was called to teach. That's something different. But if you're called to teach, this is your this is your calling. This is what God has given you to do. You have work to do. So we want to keep abounding, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Continue to grow. Continue to move. Continue to be steadfast. That means I'm here to teach you. I'm going to continue to teach you. Uh, the next grade, I'm going to continue to teach. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. I don't care if they change the curriculum on me. I'm going to get into that program and I'm going to work it. Because I am a believer that every research-based curriculum can work for our students. If we follow the curriculum and work it from the beginning to the end, don't leave out things. Don't say, oh, I was trained in this. And then you're missing half of it because you don't even have the material to make that program work. I believe if you have the whole program, you have all the material, everything that you need, the program is research-based. It's not just some Joe Schmo who came up with the curriculum, said, this is what I, I'm going to give you, and then you paid $100 for it, $100 for it. No, this is something somebody paid millions of dollars to build, and then they're paying thousands of dollars to uh, give it to you and your students. Now, and it's yet another thing. If they keep changing every three years, every two years, I'm not even getting into that because you know what I'm talking about. Who know? <laughs> if you know, you know. That's what they say. But at the same time, get in it. Dig into it and make it work because I promise you, every curriculum that is approved by the school district, whether you have supervisors and administration who keep changing it, saying it's not working, it's not working. Most of the time, it's not working because people are not using the program. Sometimes it's not working because the people don't understand the program. They weren't uh, sufficient, sufficiently trained. Uh, for instance, when we got our reading program, we were trained virtually. 
they showed us how to get into different things on our program, but to actually be shown how it's laid out, how it should flow and what it should look like in the classroom, we didn't get that. We had to get into it and figure it out, not, we just had to do it. And if you didn't, you think like, this is too much. We got a book for this and a book for that and a book for this and all these reading books. Why can't we just have one reading book? Whatever. However you feel about it. It's a research-based program. Follow it. Look at it. Read it. Take some time to dig into it and see what it has. Then when they have a PD about it, go to that PD set, and then you're going to find out, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know this works like that. I didn't know what to do with that stuff. I know there's things in art that I don't even touch because I don't know how to use it. I had a training on one, and I still don't get it because I didn't get into it, and I tried it, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Who am I supposed to ask, right? So, but the mass majority, the, the, the vast majority of it, I'm in it. Don't you worry about it. My students going to learn how to read. They're going to learn how to write. They're going to learn how to uh, dissect a story, um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. So we have to get in there and don't let others, don't let others get in our head. Don't let others get into our head. You running, keep on running. Don't look back. And somebody says, well, you can take a break or you can take this shortcut. Uh, I remember watching a TV show where somebody, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the show. I'm not going to promote any shows, but there were some people running in a marathon and then there was some who stopped and got off and stopped to eat. And then they made a shortcut and got back in the race. Like they were running the whole uh, 10K or whatever they were running. Uh, don't let people say, come on, I have this shortcut. Let's do this. It doesn't matter because what? They're going to change it anyway or because students not going to get it anyway. Don't let that happen. I have Galatians 5, um, 7 through 10. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Have I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Meaning, there are people going to say, you don't have to worry about that. Don't do that part. This kids are not going to get it. People are going to say it. People are going to say, this doesn't work. So don't even... Think about it. Do this. This is what I've been doing all these years, and this is what's happening. Mind you, they don't have all the material they need for whatever they're trying to uh, they're trying to push on you. And you know, you have a curriculum, and you have all the material. Use that. Use that to your advantage. Use that to the advantage of the students. Why do our students have to go to another district, go to a private school to learn how to read? To learn how to understand and comprehend what it is they're reading. To learn how to multiply, divide, whatever. Why do they have to go to another another district? Let them come to your district, come to your classroom, ready to learn and actual actually learn. So don't let people come across to you and say, well, this is administration. They don't understand. They don't know. Who cares? Who cares? I, I, I'm through asking administration or asking for um asking for meetings and then nothing comes of it because they have their own plans this is what they want to do they're going to change this they're going to change that not getting and going to my classroom i don't care i hate when people come to my classroom come to my classroom watch me follow the curriculum watch me follow it and think about if every teacher did it i know in our in our school our teachers use our 
our program. We use it. I don't know if everybody uses it. I'm not going to say that everybody uses it, but I know the teachers who do, and they're getting they're getting results. So imagine if we continue that over and over, and then maybe there's parts of it that some teachers don't get, and we need to just go with them and follow them and, and, and show them. Listen to a teacher who has that to offer you, a teacher who says, let's get in here and see what's, how this looks. Let me come to your classroom. Let's, let me see how you teach this. And maybe I'll get some tips. I can get some tips from you, what you're doing. You could get some from me coming to my classroom. We could get the, we can get the uh, coverage. You know why? Because the students are behind anyway. They're behind anyway. So don't tell me I, you can't afford to let this teacher come into my classroom and me going to their classroom because what's it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anything. Let that specialist teacher, not the specialist teacher, but let that support teacher Take the class and let these two teachers get together and collaborate in a classroom, teaching the class, letting it flow through or whatever to get it to work, to be able to educate our students. This is our, this is what we're here to do. Then I have another, uh, Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is working on you so you can work on your students. He's not going to stop. He's not going to let up. He's not going to stay. Oh, I, I, I worked with you long enough. Now you're on your own. He's not going to do that. He's going to continue with you daily, daily. He said, I, you have new mercies daily, every day. He's, he's giving you every single day, giving us every single day. So he's going to continue. So as he continues in us, we continue with our students. And I keep pointing back to this oil. Let that oil flow. Poor, you are a vessel. This is a vessel here, right there. <laughs> this vessel is representation, is representing of us. We are the vessel holding the oil of God, which is the Holy Spirit. We are this. And then we take and pour out the anointing on our students by our words, our deeds, everything that we do, our jobs. This is our calling. So you work. God is not going to give up. So be confident in that. Be confident that God is with you every day. He's with you. He's going to help you. Whether or not your administration is with you, whether or not your administration is supporting you or giving you direction or giving you material, giving you resources, whether they do or not, you still have uh, the power of God behind you. Do you not know, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? That's in, in, in the natural. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So keep on running. I don't care if somebody's Hussein Bolt, it, Hussein Bolt is running behind you, running next to you, passing you. You still keep continue to run like you're going to get that prize. That's like teaching your students. Don't stop teaching your students because you said, oh, well, they're going to change this curriculum next year. So it's not going to matter. No, don't stop. Keep on going. Keep on teaching. Keep on educating your students no matter what. And in everyone who completes, who competes for a prize is temperate in all things. You're going to continue. So you're going to have temperance. You're going to know I'm good. I'm good because I'm continuing to run this race. I'm going to continue to teach my students no matter what until the end, till June 20th or whatever day is your last day of school, whatever. You're going to continue. You're not going to let up. You're not going to say, oh, on it's the fourth marking period now. Let's relax because they learned what they're going to learn. 
No, they still have more to learn. Still have more to learn. They have continue teaching. That's your job. That's your job. And you want to get your reward the end of the year when your students have progress, when they have moved on, and they're going to the next grade, and then their next grade teacher asks, who was your teacher? Not in a negative way. They're going to say, I know that teacher. She, she promised me she was working hard, trying to get those students up to grade level, ready for the next grade. My students are ready for the third grade. She might have had a hard time because I know what, she, what, what came into her class, but she did a lot right? Or he did a lot, you know? So he, you work and your students going to work and you, your students feed off your energy. My students love to read. They love science. They love math because I love it and they know it. And I talk to them when they talk numbers and, and they, it's a joke in my class when they're getting their math right. I said, look at that smile. You see that smile? You put that smile on my face. When I see everybody getting it, I have a big, great big smile on my face. And then when I see it, it's, we're struggling, I'm going to stop and we're going to start all over it till everybody can get it. So in math, especially, my students are working on second grade level. They all can do the math. They all do it on different levels. Some are counting still on their fingers. Some are using lines and dots and whatever, but they can get that answer. We did three-digit addition. Uh, today and then some of them <clears throat> still had to go back and use the, the the drawings, but they got the answer. They couldn't get it trying to do a uh, compensation method, add the hundreds and the tens and the ones, and then put it together. They couldn't. Some couldn't. But then they could do. They could put the drawings, even though it was the same thing. They just didn't understand it. They got it because this was the first day, so they all got the answers. That was amazing. And that put smiles on my face because ooh, you got that. Got that, you're still counting, but let me show you a different way to count. Like they have nine plus six, and they're like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then they have to count the six. Where you don't get, you don't have that many fingers. So I teach them how to count in their head, the nine in their head, and then the six on their fingers, if they have to use their fingers, right? So we are getting, we gotta keep on. So we just be good in that. We just good in that, relax in that. You don't have to be all upset, worrying about what, oh my God. Here they come with another program I have to learn, and I'm just learning this. And I didn't even dig all the way into this. I know that's because I thought the same thing. Keep on running. You have students to teach. Whatever they do, regardless, whatever they do up in the administrations, in the administration office, right? Whatever those supervisors decide, the superintendent, whatever they decide, you still have a job to do continue to run. Now, they do not obtain a perishable crown. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So don't worry about trying to get some, uh, uh, some accolades, some kind of award, uh, teacher of the year. You, if you get it, you get it. But you know, you're working for God and he is looking, he's watching and he's rewarding you. He's rewarding us. Um, therefore, I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I'm not going to stay here and tell you what to do, how to teach your class and how to win, and then I'm not trying to win. I, I feel like I have a way to win, 
and then I'm just acting like cool. I'm just being there. I'm not even doing it. Um, I'm uncertain if I can do it. I am confident in this very thing that I, that God, who begun a good work in me, he's going to complete it. So I'm going to work like that. I'm going to continue like that. That's what I stand on right now. Stand on that God is teaching me. He's giving me wisdom to teach my students. And I stand on that with confidence, knowing that he is with me. So this is what we have to do, teachers. We can't just play around like, oh, well, the these students been failing before me, uh, before my mom, before my dad. These students have been behind all these years. So what? What are you going to do about it? You have a job to do. You are a teacher. You say this is your calling. This is your vocation. You have to stand in it. Do whatever it is you should be doing, right? So, again, I just want to say, um, don't let anybody hinder you. Continue as if you have a prize to win. Continue as if you actually have oil. You are actually an educator with oil. Continue as um, you're confident. That God is working with you until the day of Jesus Christ. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Keep it going. You have a job to do. You are here to educate students. I heard someone tell me that no matter what. She was serious. Like, I don't care what obstacle you have. Your job is to educate these students. I don't care what language they speak. Your job is to educate these students. I won't forget that. There's some things people taught me over the years, came to me with some wisdom. I won't forget. I won't forget. Uh, I had a teacher. I was so proud. She was a, a, a supervisor of early childhood. And she was like, okay, you taught the kids that. Now what you going to do? <laughs> now what? What's your next goal? They got it. They know the sounds of every letter that was preschool. They know the sounds of every letter. They can give you words. They can give you words with those letters. They can... Add and subtract up to 20. They could do that. Now what? You got more time this year. What you going to do now? You happy now? You going to sit back? You going to act like you're done? No. I never forgot that. I never forgot the, 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 the supervisor. She used to be my principal. Then she became my super, the supervisor of bilingual department. She let, told us. She came in the meeting. And she said, well, you have to educate these students. The district didn't do them right. But guess what? They're in your class. You have to educate those students. This, what? What? There's no excuse now. I don't care if you if you don't know that language, you're gonna figure it out. There's all kind of there's all kinds of ways you could teach these students. Math is math. Math is math. And when you talk to them enough, and you say add and subtract, and you say uh, um, take away and plus and all that stuff and minus, they're gonna get it. They're going to get it. You work it out in their head, on the board with them. You work it out with them. They got it. You do reading. I don't know. You have to get Google Translate if that's what you have to do. You have to take uh, Duolingo or something. You have to figure it out. Um, it's time for all of us to have two languages anyway. You know, we shouldn't just be walking in the classroom with one language. Like, we need a language that's, that's relevant to our students. If you have it, are in a town like I was in New Brunswick and now I'm in Trent, uh, many Spanish-speaking students, more than not, and we're walking in a classroom speaking English 
only? We don't know anything. We don't know Tambien. We don't know Mañana. We don't know anything. We th- th- That's unacceptable. I We could say it is. Well, we don't have to. But guess what? These these countries who are advancing far beyond us, they speak many languages. I met a girl in college who spoke four languages. Four. And I was learning Spanish for the first time. And she was younger, way younger than me. I went to college late. She was way younger than me. Speak, she spoke four languages. She came from Af- an African country. Yeah. Her indige- indigenous language, whatever that was, uh, whatever the African language was there, general English and some Spanish, I think. I don't know. But I know some other people speak Italian and Spanish and English. That's what people are doing. I know we're from the United States. We want to pass Spanish because we have to pass Spanish. But it, how did I get way there? I don't know. But we have to continue as if we're doing the work of God, knowing that our labor is not in vain. Please like, share, and subscribe. Hit me up. Talk to me. I need some comments. I need some people talking to me. I don't need it. But it's pleasurable to know that people are watching and listening and have something to say. Thank you again and have a blessed day.